Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 417th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, We'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is yesterday's resounding New England Patriots 45-0 whitewash over the Los Angeles Chargers in the new sparkling SoFi Stadium. And it feels like the first time in forever the Patriots have coasted to an easy victory. Uh, up in New England, uh, where I've been a longtime Patriot season ticket member, uh, given the way this year has gone and the wake of Tom Brady leaving, it felt like wins like yesterday by 45 nothing and the like uh, were, uh, were behind us in a distant memory, given the Old-school brand of football the Patriots have been playing, just uh, ground and pound, tough, close games most of the year. And then yesterday just came uh, right out of the blue. Uh, Clearly the highlight of the day had to be the special teams play. I guess the Chargers were the worst special teams uh, units in the NFL, and it sure showed yesterday as uh, Gunnar Oshevsky... Uh, had a 70-yard punt return for a touchdown. He later caught a touchdown pass. And they also blocked a field goal right at the end of the first half. And Devin McCourty scooped it up and ran 40, 50 yards for a touchdown to put him up, I believe, 28 nothing at halftime. And the route was on. Uh, the defense looked great. Cam Newton had... Two more rushing touchdowns and set just a plethora of records or extended existing records uh, for uh, rushing TDs by a quarterback, rushing in general. Uh, It was amazing to see all the records that, again, were set or extended by him yesterday. And and that one run of his uh, quasi-quarterback sneak from about two, maybe three yards, where ultimately he bowled his way in and was pushed in by offensive linemen was, uh, you know, for him a thing of beauty. And it really, uh, really was an example of, you know, why he's here running the show. Um, so it was good to see uh, Belichick has probably the best December 
coaching record in history. I'm kind of guessing on that one, but having uh, been watching them for the last 25 years plus at Gillette Stadium, uh, they have a glorious history in December when it matters most. And certainly yesterday uh, got this December off to a good start. And they're at a point now where if they can make the playoffs and they got a uh, lot of people to climb over to get there, they're 6-6, six and six, the Patriots, 500. Uh, but if they can make the playoffs uh, and play like they did yesterday, and they have to win every game to make the playoffs, I think that's a safe assumption, uh, they will become, uh, as always, but in a different way, the last team anyone wants to play, uh, especially given their pedigree of the last 20 years. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, my low light of the week is how the New York Jets lost the opportunity to win their first game of the year, losing on the last play of the game when they went for a full house blitz, blitzed eight people, left uh, three, three defenders on three receivers, and of course, Henry Ruggs caught the winning touchdown. Uh, one play after, Nelson Aguilar had run wide open, and Derek Carr just simply missed him for the Raiders. Um, so basically, two plays in a row. Uh, you know, at the end of the game, the <laughs> Raider receivers were running wide open. Uh, and, of course, they clicked and hit the second one to win the game. And uh, within the past... Half hour or so, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator who called the all-out blitz, which apparently is his history in end-of-game situations, was fired. And uh, can't say it's a shocker. And it was uh, just a new low for the Jets. And that's saying something, given they're the Jets. And they've had a lot of lows over the years. But yesterday, I mean, it just seemed like they came to play. They looked great. Two fourth-quarter scores, I believe, to take the lead. And it was right there for them. And uh, and they managed to find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And my bizarre story of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers playing at 5 p.m. today, hosting the Washington Football Club. Uh, this coming on the heels of this past Wednesday uh, when they played at 3.30 p.m. and defeated their arch-rival Baltimore Ravens in a truly uh, ugly and disjointed game. Mike Tomlin uh, lit up his team afterwards, calling it basically a JV performance. Numerous drop passes. They just clearly weren't in sync, but it's certainly understandable. I think it's first ever Wednesday game. Uh, not sure about that, but it ended what I believe was the longest week in NFL history. Basically six days. The claim had been postponed. We all know this. Two or three different times to finally get to Wednesday at 3.30. I mean, hey, it was great to have it on. That's for sure. What else are you doing Wednesday at 3.30 in the afternoon, right? If you're not working, and even if you are working, you, you tune in if possible. Uh, so here we are. Steelers are 10-0, and and I can't help but recall uh, back in 2007 when the Patriots reached the 10-win mark. Uh, I remember thinking, uh, having seats at Gillette Stadium that uh, and saying to all who would listen that we had a ringside seat for what 
could be the greatest sports story of our generation. Uh, we all know the rest of the story. They did indeed complete the undefeated season, 16-0, and undefeated regular season, important to add. Won the two playoff games, but each game kept getting more and more difficult, including their final win of the regular season at the Giants, a game against the Ravens a couple weeks earlier on, I believe, a Monday night. Uh, and finally, it all caught up to them in the famous Super Bowl David Tyree catch game, and they lost and uh, finished 18-1. and So now with the Steelers, given their schedule, uh, this Sunday night they play uh, at the Bills up in Buffalo, not a far trip at all from Pittsburgh, and that could be really one of the games of the year. I think they also have the Browns on their schedule, but all in all, uh, it, it feels doable. Uh, the Washington Football Club is playing better with Alex Smith at the helm. Uh, by the way, just hands down the comeback story of the year, without a doubt, what Alex Smith is doing after 17 leg operations uh and rehabbing for about two years. Um, so uh, the undefeated watch is clearly on. It's going to be great to tune in at 5 p.m. Eastern today to watch the Steelers and see if they can keep it going. And uh, another great NFL Sunday yesterday, uh, the Giants, who are suddenly playing very well, New York Giants beat the Seattle Seahawks on the road. Uh, out in Seattle, uh, very, very impressive, and they are just on a roll right now, and basically in seemingly seizing control of the uh, NFC East as the Philadelphia Eagles just continue to uh, have issues. Carson Wentz, he was replaced yesterday by Jalen Hurts, and we'll see where that goes, but right now the Giants look like the team that uh, might come out of that division, that sorry division, I might add. Dolphins-Bengals was a fascinating game given the uh, chippiness involved and just what was a, a massive fight after uh, Bengals defender twice hit the punt returner and the second time uh, all heck broke loose, as they say. And uh, so that turned into uh, a fascinating game and the Dolphins are are looking good as well. And then lastly, another team that's looking really good, of course, is the Cleveland Browns who are now 9-3. and three. That's amazing. They're, again, setting all kinds of records for, you know, their best record in, I think, since 1994. That's when Belichick was coach. <laughs> so, uh, so we know we're going back a long way, another generation ago. Uh, but they went into Tennessee and just lit up the Titans. Uh, unbelievable first half, passing especially. I think Baker Mayfield may have thrown for four TDs in the first half. Um, they already have that great running game, good defense, and they look like a really tough, tough team who could make some noise going into the playoffs. They're playing their best football. And it feels like, you know, uh, the first time uh, that they really uh, impressed everybody by beating a very, very good Titans team who were coming off their own huge victory of a week ago. That is life in the NFL these days, week to week. It's just amazing uh, what can happen with teams, how they can play good or bad one week and do the exact opposite the following week. Uh, and never a more classic example than that. The Titans did fight back, no surprise, to make a game of it. And... Uh, and it was a great game. 
um, to say the least. So, again, kudos to the Cleveland Browns. They're looking really good, and it's fun to watch them and see if they can uh, really get over the hump and perhaps make the playoffs, and if so, uh, make some noise in the playoffs. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show. The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. So glad to be on the show. Doing fine. Thank you. It's good to hear, and... We're uh, glad to have you on the show, as always, and I spent the opening segment talking about NFL Sunday, of course, and my low light of the week was for all the New York Jets fans out there who watched their team lose on the last play of the game, 
45 or yard pass <laughs> from Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs III, someone you're very familiar with down there and having covered Alabama. And it was just, uh, Jets, of course, were winless in going for their first win, which seemed basically in the bag. They ran a full house blitz, meaning they ran a, they were, they blitzed eight defenders, leaving three defensive backs on three receivers as in one-on-one and Henry Ruggs the third ran wide open which was a play after Nelson Aguilar had ran wide open and Derek Carr just missed him so basically they didn't make one mistake they made two they just got lucky on the first one so it was crazy right right. John what is that expression from the ABC wide world of sports uh, victory was uh, uh, snatched from the, oh, defeat was snatched from the jaws of victory, something like that, right? Well, that is word for word what I said in the opening segment, AP. Literally word for word. Defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. So great minds think alike. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, John, I've known Henry since he signed with Alabama. I was actually at Robert E. Lee High School in Montgomery, Alabama, the day he signed. I covered that event. Really? So, wow. For, yes, I was, yeah. So that's how far back I go with Henry Ruggs III. And Henry was a fabulous basketball player, too. He's only about five foot eleven, And you could see YouTube video of him coming down the lane and dunking the ball. That's, he's very athletic. We know how fast he is, 4.2-something at the combine. And he's, he's just quick as can be besides being fast. And those are two different things. And, and Henry, uh, being, he's a long, deep threat. He's an Al Davis a uh, perfect draft choice because Al Davis loves speed. And Henry right. uh, Ruggs III personifies speed, you know, him and the wind. That's the two uh, when they're at that that velocity. Right. He's the perfect Raider. I mean, ever since Cliff Branch and, uh, yes, you know, with everybody from Kenny Stabler to Jim Plunkett, I mean, they, they just love to go long, the Raiders, and uh, air it out and – the Raiders have been kind of been looking for that guy, and Henry Ruggs III may be that guy. I mean, he now has a signature play that won't soon, if ever, be forgotten uh, in both Raiders and Jet lore. Uh, and, and let's be clear here to everybody, and I'm sure everybody has probably seen it, so you don't need to be told this. It was not a Hail Mary. It was wide open. I could have caught it. You could have yes. caught it. I mean, yes. he, he was yeah, open by three five yards. Path in stride. Yeah, it, it in totally stride. stride. You're, you're correct, and yeah, and the defensive coordinator who's now been fired uh, yep, left that rookie undrafted uh, undrafted free agent by himself, uh, which was unheard of. You you think there's going to be some safeties back there, but the right. double coverage of protecting the end zone at all cost. And John, I I, I gather that, or I, I've heard from some other sources that I think 50 years ago, 1970, Daryl LaMonica did the same thing the last minute or so to win 14-13 against the Jets. Really? Well, that doesn't surprise me. I have no doubts. Uh, You know, the Raiders, you know, from Kenny Stabler to LaMonica to, again, Jim Plunkett, they, you know, they have a penchant for last second victories, whether it was Dave Casper, Clarence Davis, on and on and on. But yesterday's going to go on that list, that's for sure. That was really nothing <laughs> short of amazing. It's, and it would be more famous, except 
you know, as they often ask on pardon the interruption, was it more about the Raiders win or the Jets loss? And in this case, you just have to say it was more about the Jets loss since they're 0-10 yes, going yes. for their first victory of the season. I mean, it's a Jets story more than a Raiders story, as great as it was for the Raiders. Uh, but just amazing. I watched right. it live on Red Zone. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, John, I was able to listen to the game, the Jets broadcast in particular, and Bob was in, who's magnificent as a play-by-play man, and the former University of Alabama All-American and defensive lineman Marty Lyons played with the Jets for, I think, 13 years. He's the, the analyst, and they, they couldn't believe it either. And It's one of those things, if you're a Jets fan, which I am, uh, it's par for the course, as they say. It is, and you know, I, I must say, given all the years we've known each other and have done the show together, I don't know that I knew you were a Jets fan. I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild <laughs> guess here and and assume it dates back to Joe Namath. Would that be correct? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. From Beaver Falls, PA. That's right. Exactly. And, of course, uh, at Alabama, whom you've covered your whole life. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> right. I love Joe Namath too. And, uh, you know, loved Super Bowl three and what he did. Uh, one of the most important sports events of the 20th century period, um, yeah. to say the least, uh, brought parody to the NFL. And the AFL was looked down upon to be kind. Um, right. but yeah, so, just incredible. Um, you know, you talk about teams that find new ways to lose. The Jets, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, don't take this the wrong way, but yeah. the Jets, have, you know, they're, they're reaching new levels. And yesterday, given, again, you can't emphasize this enough, they were 0-10 going for their first victory. And it was right there in the palm of their hand. Right there. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. John, can Absolutely. we call the Jets the Thomas Edison of ways to lose, possibly? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, it's just an incredible history uh, in recent years. And it's like they had to do something. You know, I woke up this morning and was thinking about it, and I, I just thought they very well may fire Greg Williams, and I wouldn't have been shocked if they fired Greg Williams and Adam Gase, the head coach. I wouldn't have been shocked at all, but... Uh, no, so when I got no. it, I, I've never been less surprised by a breaking news announcement from Adam Schefter uh, than that one, <laughs> to say the least. It, it, they had to do something. <laughs> it was just that bad. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I can't imagine that this coach will return. I don't think so. Uh, it would, because, would seem unlikely. You know, uh, I, I saw an interesting viewpoint, which, uh, frankly, I agree with, which was simply very, very factually stated there was no way the Jets lost that game on purpose to tank for Trevor because the coach, all the coaches realized they're not coming back next year. <laughs> and it was just stated very matter-of-factly, and I'm like, oh, and that was before Greg Williams' news. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a very good point. I happen to agree with that 100%. Whoever wrote that or said right. it, I said, like, oh, yeah, right. of course. They would. Not that I, I – by the way, you know, I never, ever believe for one second that any NFL team has ever tanked or any sports team in any sport, period. I'm not a believer in tanking. I just think professional athletes, right. especially at the NFL level, have simply too much pride, and that's the end of it. <laughs> they just don't tank. So I yeah. never bought into that. No. Yeah, I never but, did either. It's too many yeah. people that have to buy into that. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, it, it's just crazy from front office right on down. It it just uh, again, I, I've never put any stock in that whatsoever. And but when I read that, you, you know, that statement this morning struck me as like one hundred percent true. <laughs> like the best, basically the best point I saw made as a result of this loss that yeah, the coaching staff would never do it because they're not coming back next year. So they won't benefit from. Uh, tanking for Trevor, period. So, right, right, no. Hmm. You never know. I mean, yes. again, it was red zone delivered again yesterday. It's the most addictive thing ever. And by the way, it was their 200th ever episode. Couldn't believe they started in 2009. I think it was 1,400 uh, hours or something of television. It's just incredible. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, it's seven hours a day for 200 episodes. So, yeah, so it was a bit of a celebration. They did a thing with tweets at the end. Uh, you know, they set up a, a hashtag and people were tweeting in. And what I learned yesterday as, as a red zone addict myself of the highest degree, um, there was tons of people uh, tw- tweeted from overseas, especially like the U.K., so I never really knew that the, I didn't even know that it was broadcast internationally, number one. Now I know that. But number two, I, I just thought, you know, given the time hour, the time difference, six hours ahead over there in the UK, what a great, what a great Sunday evening it must be for them overall. You know, it's one thing to watch from 1 to 7 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern time or 1 to 8 p.m. It's another thing to have it come on at whatever, 7 p.m. and watch till whatever, one in the morning over there in the U.K. and other places, I'm guessing, in Europe. So, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, big anniversary. Good for them. Oh, yeah, that's, and, that's outstanding, John. It sure is. Well, they showed the opening announcement, AP, uh, from Scott Hansen, the maestro of... <laughs> The red zone, truly a cult figure, if ever there was one, and uh, and he basically uh, his opening statement on the day the the red zone began in 2009, he said, you know, we hope this will change forever the way you watch football. And boy, oh boy, did he hit the nail on the head with that statement uh, 11 years ago. <laughs> I, it's just amazing. It's like what a prophet, because uh, it has, it has. I, I, you know, there's there's just Again, I, I it's can't miss television every Sunday for seven hours. And the the best statement I hear all week is uh, "Welcome to seven hours of commercial free football." Nothing gets my Sunday going <laughs> like that one sentence that he utters, of course, at the at the moment before the opening kickoff every single week. So good stuff, I'll tell you. Good stuff. And yesterday was classic. I mean the, that that. They call it the magical, the bewitching hour from 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern time when the one o'clock games are coming to an end. And yesterday with the Jets game as the highlight, but there was fascinating endings all over the place. They've had two or three of those this year. We're just like two, three, four games decided in that bewitching hour that are just magical. And, uh, and basically I, you know, I may not watch it for seven hours straight, but I am in front of it from 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern time every Sunday. That's a guarantee. I plan my day around it, and it typically delivers. Yeah, I mean, NFL football is so exciting, and those endings are the best. I mean, 
I can recall years ago, John, watching the, the CBS highlights that would be during the different half times, and that's all you would receive for, for the sure. day. Just like sure. a little about maybe five to ten minutes, right? That's awesome the way they can show everything every Sunday. Yes, and if you want to go back even further, really back to our younger, younger days, you know, basically it used to be Monday night halftime highlights with Howard Cosell. Yes. That was when yes. you really, like, you could tune in to be sure, you know, that you would get a highlight from every game played the day before. But, you know, but now <laughs> it's not like that at all. Obviously, the highlight shows are so great that these days that and so instant that, you, you know, if the unfortunate circumstance of actually missing the games throughout the day, there are other things in life every once in a while on a Sunday. Um, you're still, you know, you're still covered. That really broke through with me on NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. That, that was always the nice fallback position on a Sunday night at seven thirty, I believe where you knew if you watch NFL primetime on ESPN, that every Sunday night you were going to be, and you didn't watch football all day long, you know, you were going to get the clear clear picture of what went on all day long in every game. So they've come a long <laughs> way, AP, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, they sure have. It's it's amazing that uh, how they how they can market and uh, monetize all these things associated with the NFL. It's, it's pure genius. There is no other word for it. Pure genius. Uh, and nothing more so in my mind than red zone. Way well, P, believe it or not, we're at the end of our first segment. We haven't even uttered the word college football. That's unusual. Um, but, you know, with Henry Ruggs the third, Alabama alum, someone like you said that you were there the day he signed with Alabama with 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 him as the key transition. Uh, why don't we take our break now? But we'll use that Henry Ruggs catch to transition uh, after the break into the Alabama LSU game quite different from what we've been used to for the past decade or so so we'll get to that on the other side Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we spent the previous segment discussing Henry Ruggs III, Alabama alum, uh, with his game-winning catch. Uh, for the Raiders as they beat the Jets on the last play of the game. And AP, you covered Alabama, as you said in the previous segment. You were there the day Henry Ruggs III signed with Alabama. And Alabama uh, had a big day on Saturday. Uh, again, it's they trounced LSU, no other way to say it, no nice way to say it. And uh, we haven't seen much of that over the past decade. It's been the game of the year at least half of the years in the last decade or so. And boy, not that way this year. John, it was a total domination of uh, LSU in Baton Rouge and Alabama has, has had so much success there. I think Alabama might have beaten LSU more in Baton Rouge than LSU has ever beaten Alabama totally, I think. I think that's the, the record. Right. So it's I been a be death surprised. valley for some people, but uh, it's, it's like I say, it's not death valley for Alabama. It's, uh, it's the other way around, primarily. It's uh, it, where they 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 stomp on the home team's grave. You know, they just fifty five points to fifty five to seventeen. It was forty five points in the first half. It's the most ever in the series. I think the most is forty seven by Alabama. So uh, I'm surprised. We're talking about firing our coaches. I'm surprised the defensive coordinator didn't get fired at LSU uh, after the second Devontae Smith touchdown. Ed Ogeron, he had. Whatever his head said, he took it off and threw it on the ground, was stomping down the sidelines. He was uh, embroiled in a heated conversation or one-way conversation with the defensive coordinator. When their game plan was to double-team Devontae Smith and stop him, and he had over 200 yards in the first half, I think that failed miserably. And that would be the plan for anybody playing against Alabama this year. Make sure you double-team Devontae Smith and he doesn't beat you. Make, make sure John Mitchie the third or one of the other young receivers at the tight end or the running game uh, is a reason for your loss to Alabama. But surely it won't be Devontae Smith. Well, in the first half, John, Mac Jones, who's played fabulous all year, had 
300 plus yes. yards throwing the football. This is all first half now. Devontae right. spent 200 plus yards on the receiving end, uh, three touchdowns, and then Najee Harris in the first half, 100 yards plus three touchdowns. So that was the greatest performance by a trio of Alabama players on the offensive side I've ever seen, and I've been watching it 50 years. Yeah, Devontae Smith reminded me of what Tyreek Hill did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a week earlier. I think he had whatever, some ridiculous number, like as in 289 yards or something. (laughs) Most of it in the first half. and uh, Yeah, Yeah. just amazing. Yeah, but they both have in common speed and quickness, and also they can catch the football. Yes, yes, and boy, the lineage now of Alabama receivers, going back to Henry Ruggs III here, is just nothing short of amazing. These, you know, these guys, and this is after they lost their top receiver on the team earlier in the year, Jalen Waddle, if I remember correctly. Right, right. It just shows and, the depth. And ju- yeah, yeah, John, I don't think, uh, I mean, that has to be the greatest receiving core ever at Alabama. It'll be four number one draft choices, I believe, with Jalen Waddle if he chooses to either leave for the NFL this year or next year. Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy was number one last year by the Denver Broncos, Henry, Henry Rooks yeah. the third by the, by the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. But that's the greatest collection, maybe the greatest collection at one college uh, at all time because not only were they on the same team, John, but they all were putting up prolific numbers. Correct. They were the ball was getting distributed to them, which is not an easy thing, but you had Tua no. and Jalen Hurts, and now you have uh, and Mac Jones. Mac, Mac Jones, and it's nothing short of remarkable, uh, to say the least. And, you know, it was, it was Deontay Smith had basically his, uh, you know, signature game in the first half, <laughs> I might add. Yeah, yeah. De- Devontae was one of these players, John, that when the first time, you know, I've heard about him in the preseason that he's a good receiver, he's making some plays in practice, and then I recall when he was a freshman, they went to Vanderbilt, and Tua Tunga Vailoa came in the game as a reserve, and he did a pirouette uh, in the midst of pressure. And when he came out of that move, he threw to he lofted the ball to the back of the end zone to Devontae Smith for a touchdown. And I said, those two players have something different. Correct, correct. Well, I remember for me personally, Jalen Waddle, who was, I'm guessing, the second or maybe third best receiver uh, on the team, or so it seemed. <laughs> yeah. That game yeah, against right. Auburn last year, I was like, he just lit up <laughs> Auburn. Like I've never seen anybody light up a team, and you know, I'm like, who's, right. you know, who's this guy? <laughs> it was just yeah, incredible. Right. Yeah. And now they have a history of doing you, that. Yeah, you know, so they had magnificent performances. All four of those receivers through the years. It's correct. I, I mean, at Alabama, yeah, I mean, they evaluated that position perfectly. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, to you get, and they're all kind of slight of frame, really. Jerry Judy, yes. uh, Jalen Waddle's not big, uh, Devontae's thin, and uh, also Henry Ruggs. They're not big people no, overpowering. Like Amari, Amari Cooper was bigger. Amari Cooper was bigger and shorter. And of course, Julio Jones is the, the gold standard. 
Correct. for being a big wide receiver. But all those four that we mentioned, they're fast, they're elusive, and they're different. And they're you know they're they're different. They all each have a a style. Right, signature talents, no question about it. Singular talents, I should say. So it was yeah. amazing. So AP, I have to ask you this question. Um, LSU, you know him so well. Uh, I think I know the answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean, if they had, if they knew what was going to happen this year, would they, which would be bottoming out after their spectacular yeah. national championship season, yeah. do you think they would still do the same deal? Uh, I believe they would. I believe most any yes, team would yes, take the championship. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be horrible next year if you knew that in advance. Oh, oh yes, because they had a similar situation that Alabama ha- is having this year in the fact that you're scoring about 50 points a game. You have a running back that is superb. I think I think uh, Najee is better than uh, the running back they had on their team last year. And Edward bigger, Hilaire, of course, the guy at Kansas foot, City. Yeah, Hilaire, right. Clyde. Right, he Najee's six foot three, two hundred thirty. So, and he catches the football out of the backfield as well. Set set the record at Alabama for I think seven touchdown receptions last year. He's got twenty touchdowns rushing this year. He's got, he's on his way to reaching the ultimate goal of surpassing Sean Alexander for the school record of fifty. You have these these receivers. They they had Jalen Waddle. They don't have many more. They have Devontae Smith, but uh, you know LSU had had their trio of receivers last year. Two of them opted out eventually this year. One's beginning the season, one past the midway point of the season. And they had Joe Burrow throw 60, and I always say that to people, it's not 40, not 50, but 60 touchdown passes uh, on a team that's winning. You know, you're, it's not like you're, you're, you're five, a 500 team and you're throwing 60 touchdowns. You're on the number right. one team in America, and you win 15 games, and you win the Heisman Trophy, and you were a transfer. I mean, the story, if you brought it to Hollywood, they'd reject it. Oh, one of the great stories of all time and such a likable guy. And, uh, and oh, by the way, didn't he have 60 touchdowns and something that sounds like five interceptions? Yeah, yeah, that's what he had, 60 touchdowns at LSU. And, uh, of course, Ed Rogeron being a native of Louisiana as the head coach. So, yeah, all those things uh, melded together, created the perfect storm. Yeah, basically the greatest season by a college football quarterback in history period so yes i don't think lsu fans should be disappointed i don't think ed ogeron should be getting too upset although it's hard to tell them that at the in the moments like on saturday afternoon against alabama but i i I think every lsu fan everywhere would take the trade-off in a heartbeat that you know you would have that magical season last year knowing that the year after was going to be bottoming out literally which is what they're doing and it started with the opening game of the year when they lost to uh mississippi state anyway (laughs) i and i have a record performance too yes exactly and i by the way would take that trade for any teams that i like and follow as well give me the championship put that one away and we'll deal with the aftermath afterwards (laughs) that's the way i feel Absolutely, yeah. They'll remember that it's one for the ages. I can tell, and I don't mean just LSU. I mean one for college football, one for the ages. Totally. Way P, uh, we're quickly it seems at the end of our second segment together. So why don't we take our final break and still a few more things to get to on the other side.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation, Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is a mere four hours from now when the Pittsburgh Steelers host the Washington Football Club uh, down in Heinz Field as the Steelers continue their attempt to go undefeated. They're 10-0, and they're going for victory number 11. And uh, should be, and I consider it must-see television, uh, 5 p.m. on a Monday, follow on the heels of the 3.30 p.m. last Wednesday game against the Ravens. And I guess I can put it this simply. When I was a season ticket member for the Patriots in 2007, after the Pats won their 10th straight game, I said to all who would listen, we are we have a ringside seat for perhaps the greatest sports story of our generation. And here we are 13 years later, and we're looking at a, a similar situation yet again. Because uh, I think once you win your first 10, 
then then the nation's attention turns to you. Uh, what do you think, AP? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's something everybody's wanting to see, and and uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Yes, and then this Sunday night, six nights from now, the Steelers travel right up the road to Buffalo for the Sunday night game against the Bills. So, if the assuming the Steelers win to today, they're heavily favored. Uh, next Sunday night's could be game could be blockbuster ratings because. They'd be going for victory number 12, and the Bills, everybody's curious to see how good the Bills really are, and they have them in Orchard Park. So anyway, AP, that's uh, that, that's uh, fun to have a game on a Monday at 5 p.m., I know that. But, you know, I'll tell you what else is also fun, AP. ACC and SEC championship games are set. Alabama versus Florida Gators and ACC Clemson versus Notre Dame in the rematch. Both feel like playoff semifinals in their own right. Yeah, there's no question, John, that that Notre Dame and Clemson Part Two, they played in Charlotte, and then the Alabama Florida game will be in Atlanta. And this is something that you know we started the beginning of the season, and I just always said that I thought Georgia would be in this game until Florida was able to knock them off. I mean, I just felt that way because of their recruiting classes and. With the, the Bulldogs, Bulldogs had through the years, and Dan Mullen was still building up the team, and we weren't all sure about Kyle Trask. We saw glimpses maybe last year, some of the good things he did, but we did not know that he would be maybe one of the top candidates for the Heisman Trophy. So that gives Florida a chance when you have an elite quarterback and you're playing a game and it, and it gets down to the end, that's how I view the situation. Can your quarterback have a last-second draft to beat the other team? And obviously uh, there's no question that Kyle Trask knows how to throw a touchdown passes. He has 35-plus, I think it is, at this point. So And then they have that pitch, that big tight end. He's really athletic and talented and a difficult matchup for anybody. And, you know, Florida, they're, they're – they're feeling confident after they were beaten, defeated at Texas A&M. That's fairly close ball game, but and then yep. they they soundly trounced the Georgia Bulldogs, the, the the best team that in the SEC Eastern Division for quite a few years. So now yes. Florida's ready to see if they can jump into this college football playoff in Dan Mullen's third year. Exactly. I, I think it's going to be. I think it has the potential to be a really good game, given the spectacular performance by Kyle Trask this year. Probably perhaps the Heisman frontrunner. And then the Notre Dame-Clemson game, let's not forget, to state the obvious, we all know this, that Trevor Lawrence did not play in the first match out in South Bend of just a few weeks ago. And, uh, yeah. and his replacement that night played spectacularly. He ran up numbers that were tra- Trevor Lawrence-worthy by any standard. But yet, Yes. You know, only Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence, and his leadership, his presence are cannot be overstated, and Clemson will have that for the upcoming rematch, that's for sure. So that's going to be a great game. Notre Dame looks really good. Yeah. All credit oh, to yeah. them. They're having yeah, a really I, good year. Yeah, and I think both teams have gotten better, I think. I yes, believe exactly. Notre Dame more confident. And the thing that separated them for me was the fact that they're more athletic on defense and they can get to the passer on the edge. Uh, they have an excellent safety there in Kyle Hamilton who makes plays from, from that position. Corner, cover corners are good. Linebackers are solid. 
the tight end is fantastic. Their freshman mayor, I believe his name is number 87, and they have big, strong physical receivers that have been showing that they can get deep as well and win the 50-50 balls in the air. And then the quarterback, Ian uh, Book, is playing outstanding, making plays with the pass and also with his feet, able to escape the rush and uh, run for positive yardage. And the running backs uh, had the other night a young young man, I think he ran 90-something yards for a touchdown, 95 yards, I think it was. Uh, So the the running backs are strong, physical, run to daylight, offensive line. You know it's going to be big and able to uh, knock people down at the point of attack. Kicking game is solid. So Notre Dame, I think, has gotten better. I think Clemson will, will, has gotten better because they're going to have some people healthy probably yep. on the defensive side, especially in the Trevor Lawrence, as you mentioned. So, But uh, I'm, I'm thinking what if Notre Dame is able to pull the upset because I think that you know Clemson definitely be favored in Charlotte. What if they pull right. the upset and Alabama beats Florida and knocks those te- teams out and, and uh, A&M is sitting there looking pretty unless they get beat, but Cincinnati's on their heels. From the Correct. AAC, yeah. a non-Power 5 conference, that would be something. That would be a wonderful story, no doubt about it. And AP, we're getting to the good stuff now. This is what we love. Uh, and we're already assured of, you know, potentially two great games in the ACC and SEC championship games, uh, with lots more to come as well. Ohio State still in the mix, of course. And, uh, and yes, it's going to be... Fun as always, and AP. What's been fun is the last hour review. You know, doing the show with you, and I want to thank you as always for calling in. Hey, thank you, Jonathan. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it. And we appreciate your expertise as always. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.